Okay, and we're live on the Niche Agent. So today we've got a great guest for you. It's Matt Ageson from, you're the one half of Ageson Adams Real Estate Team. You're out in California. We actually had Rachel on the show a couple months, I think it was last month. So, perfect. Yeah, so um, Matt Ageson, I'm based out of Sacramento, and my business partner Rachel and I have a team of, including admin, about 10 total out of the Roseville Market Center and we service all over kind of a tri-county area and we recently just expanded our real estate team out into San Francisco Silicon Valley area we have somewhat of a, a different diversity into our um, real estate model is we're obviously heavy sales retail platform um, we also own an investment company where we flip houses on the side um, I'm mainly spending my time day to day in the investment arena working with investors purchasing properties on behalf of our own portfolio and our own capital and we also uh, consult with uh, a handful of hedge funds finding them acquisitions and assets that make sense for their portfolio so we found that leg to be kind of a vital piece to our platform and it was something that I was really passionate about. so I ended up kind of building a, a model that clicked into you know your traditional retail platform and additionally thought you know through the invest investment side we were working with so many contractors and I said you know well, why not own our own construction company so I actually went out and um, created a, a construction company as well with another partner outside of um, Rachel and we kind of uh, use those three key pieces to continue building our, our team and our platform through Keller Williams. Awesome. What I love about your business model is that you have some diversity, but you're still very targeted and you have a, the same kind of end goal in mind for all of those de de departments of your business. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, we've, we've learned, you know, we're, I'm going on, uh, Rachel and I are both going on three years in February. Uh, being with Keller Williams and just really being licensed and our first year we you know we, we were learning we were plugging into all the trainings that Keller Williams had to offer and just soaking in as much as we possibly could and we did about 10 million in sales 34 deals something like that uh, our second year we ended up at 109 deals and we we're right around 19 million um, this year year to date we're sitting at about 33 million I'm guessing we'll finish the year up at about 37, 38 million in that range, and uh, we just really focused on what Gary Keller, you know, and Jay Papazon wrote about in their one thing. And it's 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 kind of that cliched saying you hear it so much, but it was one of those things that we said, okay, you know, let's let's master uh, these legs of our business and plug into the areas that we we enjoy doing. What are what are we passionate about? She yep. is extremely passionate about helping buyers and sellers achieve their real estate goals and she's the bubbly we call her the fluff I'm the stuff I'm more of a realism she's more of a, a driver and an optimist and it's a great yin, yin and yang type of situation but she was fantastic at it so I wanted her to go out and, and do what she's great at and I was very passionate about uh, business building and wealth building and I found that those two really do work well together and a lot of people write it off as um, being two completely different types of business when they actually cohesively kind of work hand in hand very well. Yeah, that's a great point because I've said this many times is a lot of times people will take this as a career 
the real estate part is a career, and I, so there's a difference between a business and a career. In a career, there's a lot of agents out there who are career agents, and there's nothing wrong with that, and they're they're making money, and they're having an income, but they're not building the business side of it, and you guys have really focused on growing that business and growing the wealth through the business and spreading it out between the businesses and, and really building all of those together. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at it from, we all get into this business to make money, right? Every, I mean, at the end of the day, there was something that drew us to real estate and majority of the personalities in the real estate industry are entrepreneurial type personalities that enjoy the ability to not have any cap on what you can achieve or someone telling you what to do every day. But the people that you interview on your own show, the people that you see at these, you know, massive international um, in in you know U.S. seminars in the real estate industry are all people who treat their business like a legitimate organization and corporation, and they run it and structure it just like any other um, large business would be run. So we figured, you know, I'm I'm 26, Rachel just turned 30, and we figured, you know, we want to do it right, and we want to do it right right out of the gate. Yep. There's, there's no need for us to try and you know figure this out over the long term it was an intentional um, positioning of our our abilities and then we figured out you know let's go out and model after other people who have already done it at an extremely high level and let's run it like a business and you know you don't learn leadership skills or management skills you can't just kind of put a chip in your brain while I'd like to and download that information overnight so we failed you know we have failed in, in many scenarios um, at the same time, we have allowed ourselves to fail and know that's okay and just pick ourselves back up and not make the same mistakes and, and keep running the, the business and improving it from you know an operational and an organizational standpoint and try and create something that people want to be a part of. Right. So when I had Rachel on, we talked uh, about the community side of things and the farming and how you guys have done that. So I want to, when we talked about that, I want to talk about more on the investment side and the wealth sure. side because that's kind of where you're really passionate about and really what you're bringing to the table. So can you walk us through what that looks like from your business side and, and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Sure, absolutely. So day-to-day -day basis, um, there's a lot of leadership activities that, you know, accountability and goal setting and vision and, and you know, motivating the people that are in our organization and getting the buy-in and creating a culture that is fun and an environment that's enjoyable to work in. So that's, that's kind of half of my day. Um, I've also I'm a big big believer in leveraging the the pieces that you put in place and a lot of people who run businesses at a very high level have mastered that skill so that's something that I've really taken um, to heart and, and tried to get better at so right now um, my a lot of my investment stuff is is running without me being there however you know the day-to-day -day, what it looked like before was I was we had an extensive marketing campaign. We send out about eight to ten thousand uh, mailers a month, and these wow. are kind of niche letters to niche lists that are targeted for people that potentially would meet what our investment criteria is looking for. Mm -hmm. Mainly, the people that we end up purchasing homes from for our personal assets are going to be distressed situations, houses that need a little bit of love. Um, we've gotten a lot of uh, you know, momentum from uh, attorneys, you know, probate, divorce, um, receiverships where there's disputed assets. So we're kind of, we, we target specific 
lists and specific relationships that we know are going to feed the business yep. that's going to hit the criteria that is going to make us some money. Um, on the other side, it's it's nice when we have a lot of these conversations with the sellers and we let them know, hey, Mr. Seller, this is what my initial intention is for trying to purchase your property. However, I also have a real estate company where my business partner Rachel runs and manages and I hold my real estate license. So if we can't facilitate a cash deal on this side of the business, I'd like to have you sit down with Rachel and we need to get you highest and best dollar for your property. Depending on what option makes the most sense for you in your circumstances, we want that. So we basically lay out kind of the different options of you could go cash as is, we cover all the closing costs, we close in seven days, no hassle, and that allows us to kind of get more of a, a discounted opportunity and see where right. their motivational level is at. And mind you, never are we taking advantage of anybody. It's, it's yeah. does their motivation meet the opportunity that we are, are seeking out. And if that's not the case, 100% I, all, I will always recommend as a professional and as our fiduciary duty is to lead them over to talking with Rachel about what it looks like to net them top dollar for their house if they're willing to do X, Y, and Z, put a sign in the yard, negotiate repairs with the buyer, you know, the traditional route of going. So my day-to-day -day is mainly spent with um, distressed sellers and figuring out what makes the most sense for them and their family and if that means selling to us at potentially a discounted price and that makes them happy and they want that property off their plate then we have the the capital and the means to not only move forward on that property quickly but we're also gonna as as an investment company make some some good money off of it yeah. so for you obviously that transition makes sense to if they if they aren't interested in taking your offer to pass it off to the real estate so that's a great seamless business venture that makes sense yep. how much would you say goes from the will take your cash offer and how much would you say goes into the real estate side of the residential listing I would say it's about so this year we've purchased 34 homes as uh, retail or I'm sorry 34 homes as investment property flips that we have okay. flipped um, we've also purchased a couple rentals for a portfolio, and I would say about 60% of them that we have the conversation with, and mind you, the conversation is already starting with them calling me based off of the direct mail piece or the, inter um, the introduction that that relationship has already passed along to us. So these are warm leads. These yep. aren't these aren't me cold calling them. These are people who are really interested in what we potentially have to say and what we can offer. And they're already somewhat in the mindset of it could be a distressed situation and I need to explore this option a little bit more. Or um, you know, the other 40% goes to Rachel. I set up the listing appointment for her, and she goes in and, and gives them, you know, her listing pitch and, and kind of closes the deal from there. So from our investment company, uh, from purchase side to we rehab it to resale side, um, I would say that's been about 55% of our business this year. Okay. It's good to know. So when you do flip it and resell it, is that going through the traditional real estate sale pipeline, or are you selling it through your, your connections, or is it going to the market like a typical house would? Going to the market like any typical house would. We want to run, at the end of the day, we want to, because the nice thing is, is we can separate the profits 
um, from the investment company and then we also you know incorporate a traditional listing fee that we can still run profits through our H&N Adams corporation as well so yeah. it gives us the ability to keep both entities separate but everything that is purchased through the investment company runs through Hson and Adams so we not only get the credit for the GCI we get the credit for the sales volume the That's units good. so we wanted to make sure that was a strategic play on you know we want to make sure that that is that investment platform is also allowing us to build up our brand in our market and get our name out there more and get more listings out there and get you know a, a marketing platform and strategy that's going to be recognizable to other potential retail or investment sellers that may want to utilize our services. Yeah. So obviously then the majority of your lead generation is coming from those sources then I would guess. On the investment side um, majority of our our lead generation is direct mail and through the um, allied resources we like to call it those those close warm relationships that know what we can do know we can perform and feel confident utilizing um, that relationship to help them achieve their goal as well um, on the Hson and Adams side obviously Rachel discussed you know the farming and yep. the open houses and we have a, a handful of online lead platforms that generate business for us and our uh, our buyers team so we have you know uh, a couple different we got, like to call them the lead levers that allow us to uh, bring in consistent leads for the team but um, a handful of it has been our investment company feeding in some some great you know opportunity to leverage on the retail side to also generate more leads yeah. now I know with investors I when I got started I was doing a lot of investment I was working with a lot of investors typically what you find well I found was Investors aren't really tied to one person. They don't care as a when they're buying the properties. You're kind of skipping that because you guys are buying yourself. Correct. So don't get me wrong. I mean, it took me a while to get to this place. I, I got there a little bit faster than some people have. Um, and that was honestly by uh, one of the missing pieces, and I think it's um, – it's a scarcity mindset, drunk monkey thought, whatever you want to call it is, I don't have the money to go out and do this myself. Right. And if you have the right systems and the right team in place, if you find one deal, that's all it took for me to get started. And I found one deal, I begged, barred, and scratched, and clawed, and asked anybody that was even willing to listen to me. Mind you, I was organized, and I had a business plan, and I had a lot of these pieces laid out, but it took me one deal once I got that one deal, I had a few people willing to offer me more money. I did, you know, two deals flips my first year. I mm -hmm. did seven flips last year, and I'll probably end up, you know, 35 plus this year. Wow. Um, and you know, we have we wanted to do 50 the first year. I'm sorry, we wanted to do 50 this year. The the model has changed a little bit because we want to go more into some higher retail uh, price points, less volume, higher margin, but um, it's one of those things where people think they can't do this and it's really it's you're only a few conversations or a few little tweaks uh, away from creating this yourself so to answer your question yes I worked with a handful of investors I was the bird dogger we like to call it finding <laughs> the deals and, yeah. and and that gets tiring you know you get burnt out and yeah. a lot of investors don't have loyalty to the people that are bringing them deals mind you you know if you provide a good service and you know what you're talking about um, I started with two or three investors that I did 10 to 15 deals with a year it allowed me to learn their systems it allowed me to 
um, provide a good value resource for them that I could build up my own models and I built up a lot of you know construction relationships, a lot of other investor networking relationships. So um, there's definitely a, an upside to being that bird dogger, but just know that you know there is those people out there that really aren't going to be committed to you, yeah. and that's up to you to have the conversation with them to see where their motivation level is at. Are they experienced? How many deals have they done? What is their return on investment they're looking for? Really understand what that client needs and see if you can fit it or if you're willing to fit it. It may not be worth your time. So those are all things that uh, through a lot of stressful showings and long days and nights of trying to find properties, I finally kind of understood that side of um, the, the real estate world better because the investing arena is is very different than your yes. retail client. It's and one of the that's one of the reasons why I like it is it's black and white. Yep. It's it's non-emotion. Numbers make sense and 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 that's it. Whereas on the retail side there's a lot of hand holding, there's a lot of um, conversating over specific things that uh, the investment arena that that doesn't happen. It's just a, it's a black and white world versus on the retail side it's more emotionally driven. So for you Prior, I mean, you obviously had some skills you brought to the table. When you built your model, was this, I mean, where you guys are at now, was that kind of where you had the plan originally when you started three years ago? To be honest, uh, there's always been that famous saying of uh, plan for where you want to go, not for where you are. Yep. So I started my model out thinking I wanted to flip 100 houses a year because one of my mentors was managing one of the largest flipping hedge funds in California. Wow. And I met her through one of my first investment deals, and I found this investment deal on – I woke up at 4 in the morning. I had a sign stapler, and I went around to all different kinds of telephone poles throughout the neighborhoods that I wanted to get leads in, and I was stapling up signs. And um, I got my first investment deal that ended up being a home run, and she heard about me through this one deal. And – that basically um, allowed me to see what their models were and what um, I'm big on modeling. That's yep. kind of the way my brain works, systematic, and uh, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. So I said, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to do what they're doing. You know, why not? And obviously, that wasn't realistic. I think I did two my first year and uh, ate the next, but it was one of those things where I really was planning for where I was going to go and not where I currently was at, and I built a, a model that was much bigger than I really knew at the time, but it also allowed me to find ways to fill in those gaps that if I would have built you know, a, a five-flip-year model versus a hundred-flip-year model, I probably wouldn't be flipping 35-plus homes this year. Yep. I always take people that I'm coaching, I say, the systems that you get you to five deals are not the same that are going to get you to 20, and they're not going to be the same that gets you to, to 100. So I might as well put the 100-deal systems in place and work that way because if you get into it and you're doing five-deal-a-year systems, you probably may not want to redo them or you may just get stuck in that rut and end up doing five deals. So aim bigger, put those systems in place ahead of time, and, and run with them. Absolutely. It's that, you know, shoot for the moon, and if you fall a little bit short, at least you're, you know, you're relaxing in the stars. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in just aiming big, thinking as big as you possibly can. And um, there's been times where, you know, I thought I was thinking big, and then you, you do something, and you're like, wow, I can, I can achieve so much more. And so it, 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 I really like to encourage people to, 
you know, they, they always talk about, well, what is that goal? Okay, cross it out and double it. And just pushing your goals and, and expanding your mindset to think bigger than, than you think you can possibly achieve because I put a post on Facebook today is, you know, what you're, you're going out and you're seeking to achieve, um, we already have those skills within us. We already are that. You already are a successful flipper. You know, I used to tell myself all these affirmations and uh, after some time, I, I I truly believed it, and then my results started reflecting it. And I went, "Oh, this is kind of cool. I need to I need to self talk myself up a little bit more." But um, yeah, it's I'm a big believer in goal setting and and modeling and just getting uh, getting the goals down that um, are going to be much bigger than than you think you can achieve. And if you put the action and the time towards it, uh, you'll find a way to to fill those gaps and connect the dots. Yeah, it's very true, and. It, a lot of people just never start, and if you just started, if they just started rolling with it, they would realize they can get there and get there sooner or bigger than they thought. Yeah, I mean, there was that. <coughs> what was it that uh, that Stanford study about goal setting and and people who just write it down are 50% more likely of achieving their goals, and then yep. people who read their goals over 50 times a year are you know 75% more likely. I'm not, I'm kind of you know fudging the, the statistics here a little bit, <laughs> but it was it was one of those things where just starting with the goal setting and then reviewing your goals and then finding ways to take action towards your goals is uh, is going to do so much more than just thinking it in your head and feeling like that's that's enough. So you mentioned that you're big on models and systems, and with Keller, I mean, sorry, with with real estate, we have people like Gary Keller who's written the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which is the system, it's the model on how to run a successful business. For you, obviously, the the investment side of it, I would imagine there's not as much resources, or or is there? I don't know. And so I want to ask is where did you model that from? And you'd mentioned you had a mentor and things like that. So what were those kind of? Where did you get the models from? Where did you base that off of? And how did you? put that into your business model as a whole. Sure, yeah. So there was, um, so when I was kind of backing up a little bit, when I was 13, 14, 15, my mom was dragging me to all of these flipping seminars, make $50,000 on this house. And this was kind of before, you know, HGTV had 50 <laughs> shows on it. Yeah. And I was a lot younger and I was going with her to all these shows or all these seminars. And she would, you know, pay ten thousand dollars to sit in a week-long seminar, and we'd learn about all these models and these tactics and these procedures and systems that you could implement and going out and, and finding a flip. And she would, we'd complete the week. She would, you know, put all of the information on the shelf in her office, and she'd go back to her day job. And I was always going in there and reading all the information that she put up on the shelf. <laughs> and so I kind of had that bug planted in me at an early age. And uh, when I went to UC Santa Barbara, I worked at an investment firm uh, the, the four years I was down there. And I really started kind of creating some models of, of avenues that I could um, go about you know, achieving some of these, these investment flips. And when I met uh, Brandy, who was uh, running uh, the, uh, the asset management firm. She, I basically said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here to, to work for free. I will do whatever it takes to, I know there's a price tag on, on the information that you're teaching me, so tell me what to do and I'll do it. Show me how to do it and I'll, you know, I'll get it down on paper. And so I really just started modeling after this hedge fund. So what does it look like 
financially to analyze an asset that makes sense. What is return on investment? What is a cap rate? What are you know starting to understand the investment lingo is your general you know realtor kind of doesn't doesn't know what a lot of that means and it and it, it blows my mind because I was telling you earlier is I'm such a big fan and a big advocate for we are the professional we are in real estate every day we see the deals come across our plate yeah. every day and people come to us the consumer to either help them find a great real estate deal or sell their property for top dollar so we are the professional yet we're all about building other people's wealth and not our own I mean mm -hmm. that just blows my mind so I really wanted to uh, understand how this you know asset management firm was running and operating because people were giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars to go out and make them money and us as realtors are in that position on a daily basis so why not understand that and find a way to get our piece of the pie as well I think it's important that you'd mentioned that you said you basically gave up your time for free to help and learn and so many people want to just jump right in they want to be here and they want to just be top dog they want to know everything and you gotta put your time in you gotta learn either it's gonna cost you if you go to the seminars you're spending tens of thousands of dollars or you gotta put your time in and learn it and you kinda of obviously did both and that's why you've had the success you've had and I find a lot of agents aren't committed fully to do that especially when it comes in narrowing it down they may dabble in some investments they may dabble in some flipping they may dabble in commercial property they may dabble in real estate and they don't really jump in full heartedly and you obviously you, you committed to it and you went with it and you've had the success you've had I mean it's it's that cliched statement I mean there is no magic pill yeah. to success and you're gonna have to put in the time and the energy and the blood and sweat and tears in order to go out and hit your goals I mean Michael Jordan or you know Donald Trump I mean you talk about all these people that are doing things at the absolute highest level and you know when I was younger I was like man what what did it take to to get to that level and then you know as maturity and life and wisdom starts to set in a little bit more you realize that they had such an insane dedication to their craft and mastering it and really understanding every single thing about it that that's what really pushed them to success. It didn't happen overnight, yeah. and it well, those legacies were built over years. So I'm a very impatient person, and while I would love it to happen overnight, it's one of those things where I've learned to, you know, just understand that there there's a process behind it, and you have to be dedicated to the process, and you have to be committed to it. And if there's you know there's so many people who quit or give up right when they're right there they're just yep. they're right on that that breaking point of, of seeing success that would just catapult them to to new heights in their mindset in their physical or mental abilities and so um, you know I I'm, I'm a big believer in just constant education and and also I mean you can self-educate all you want but you have to be willing to take action and my theme for this year has Matt you better get you better get comfortable with being uncomfortable and there has been so many uh, oh crap moments this year where I'm like dude I am uncomfortable this is this is not feel right and looking back on it uh, not only the results that I've gained through those moments but the the newfound confidence I've received has allowed me to become a better investor uh, a better consultant for the people that I work with and a better business owner which ultimately funds them 
an amazing life for me and my family and allows me to help other people achieve their goals as well. That's great advice, and that's I wish people understood that and really applied that because if they just applied just that in a small scale to their life, they would see dramatic changes in, in, in themselves, in their business, and in, in their family and everything around them. There's just so many people I... I uh, I, I I'm harsh sometimes. I come off a little a little brash to some people, and it's just because I want people to understand that they have all of. We, we all start at the same place. We all have the same abilities to go out and achieve the things that we want to achieve. The universe wants us to have what we want to have, and it's it's already given it to us. We ourselves just have to align with it. So. You know, there's so many people that like to talk and talk, and they say, you know, walk the talk. You know, I'm a big believer in making sure that your video, your actions are matching your audio and what you're talking about all the time. So anybody that, um, uh, you know, tells me that they want to do something, I'm, I'm a big proponent on extreme accountability. So if you tell me something, I'm going to be all over you and making sure that you achieve it. And I expect the same thing. And that's that's been those uncomfortable conversations and those uncomfortable um, you know, times where people are calling you out on your crap is probably the the times that I've kicked my butt into gear the the quickest. So mm -hmm. I encourage everybody to just, you know, find an accountability partner, find a mentor, somebody that's doing it at a much higher level than you. And if you're willing to put in the time and you show them that People will invest in you. The right people will invest yep. in you. Um, there's there's a lot of people out there who call themselves mentors or educators and necessarily aren't willing to uh, give back and be of service for the right reasons. But the right people, you will know that, and you will propel yourself to to new levels um, of success that have been an it's been an amazing ride. It's fun. I, awesome. I love what I do every day, and I like the people I get to be surrounded by, and um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be blessed with, you know, some financial security in the process. That's awesome. So, other than sleep and nights with your new baby, where's <laughs> the future of your business going? Because you talked about modeling the systems and setting those goals. So, in the next year or two years, where do you see things going with your business? To be honest, you know, um, with expansion, it's really made us focus more down on what we like to call our hub, our corporate uh, corporate team, which is the Sacramento model. And um, we see ourselves really expanding the corporate model into um, furthering that mega team. And mm -hmm. then, you know, the Bay Area is a very lucrative market where Sacramento, we're at um, about a 290 price point average. The Bay Area is about a 900 price point average, depending on those areas. So um, we'd like to continue expanding our team out into the Bay Area. And the awesome thing is, is, once you have the models down, you can literally go expand and duplicate the model into any other area as long as your support systems and your admin and, and all of the different procedures are dialed in. So we, we, I mean, we want to break 100 million. I mean, that's, that's our goal. We want our expansion teams along with Sacramento to be a $100 million team each year. And it's, it, it's an awesome opportunity through Keller Williams. And I know there's a lot of other great companies out there. Um, and, and just through Keller Williams, we've seen the, the value in being able to somewhat franchise our, our company within a name brand company without any franchise fees. I mean, that's pretty freaking cool. So uh, we like that opportunity, and I continue seeing uh, as we expand the real estate team, 
the investment company is going to go hand in hand right next to those uh, those real estate markets, and we'll be flipping in those markets, and I'll also be expanding my construction company out into those markets as well. So it's a cool thing. Real estate happens to be the hub, and I'm uh, looking at a few other businesses that uh, operate and revolve around real estate. And if you continue to expand one company, there's no reason if you have the right um, systems, the right people on board, and the right mindset of going about and doing it that uh, you can expand the other companies right alongside of them. That's great. So if people are looking to get into investing or have an investing part already in their business, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to agents who are kind of wanting to add that or grow that in their business? I would definitely say the the first thing anybody should do is you got to start with a business plan. I mean, so many people think that just because they have something in their head, it's it's gonna it's gonna be executable. You really have to get something down.